You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to your friends at Kapow, the pop culture podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. Seth. Hope your holidays are holly and jolly. <laughs> I hope you're festive. Oh, man. I love it. We had, got, I love the Christmas lights. I like Cliff's snowman laying down in his yard. Oh, God. That thing's a piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> Junky the snowman. <laughs> we thought. Laying in Cliff's yard. We Alicia thought she got a great she got a great deal on it, but it doesn't have any sand in the or enough sand in the bottom of it to like weight it down. So it just any the least little breeze in it it blows over. He is frozen. <laughs> See if he comes back on here. I can't even look at it. <laughs> that's a perfect that's a perfect screenshot. <coughs> that's the thumbnail. Let's all pose like with him. Oh nope. Oh damn it. Oh. We <laughs> Are we take twoing this or just go? Well, let's, let's, oh. He said his laptop just went nuts. Stand by. And yeah, we'll give him a minute. A little longer than a few minutes later. As soon as I said something about your snowman, <coughs> my computer went, <laughs> and then <laughs> shut off. Get. We got the best thumbnail ever because you were frozen forever. Mm, my bad. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, I thought your dryer went off or whatever, but it, it was my computer making that <laughs> sound. That's not a good thing. Yeah, I don't think that's normal. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's old. Uh-huh. I make that sound, too. <laughs> so, yeah. You probably couldn't hear it, but yeah. Our, our Sandman needs some sand in his ass. <laughs> yep. All right, so we just did an episode all about Spider-Man No Way Home. We hope you enjoyed that uh, that in-depth thought in that movie and our, our uh, reactions to it. But that's not the only movie that's come out recently, so we're going to talk a few recent movies that we've seen. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun! Under roof! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> who's, uh, who's gotten after the theater? Non-Spider-Man theater here. Oh, man. Is there anything uh, but that? No. Um, 
Yeah, uh, my wife had a suggestion. She really wanted to see uh, a movie recently, so we went, the two of us, and watched House of Gucci. It was a name that sounded so sweet, so seductive. Synonymous with words, style, power. But that name was a curse, too. I've been the Gucci all my life. Your name is in the history books. Wow. You are Gucci. You need to dress the part. It's chic. Gucci needs new blood. It's time to take out the trash. They're my family. So am I. You picked a real firecracker. She's a handful. Bravo. consider myself to be a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Uh, with Adam Driver, Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, um, who else is in that thing? Jeremy Irons, uh, had a really good experience. I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to like it. Um, of course I like some of those people in it, but, uh, this was really, this, she was anticipating this. This was right up her alley. She loves, um, those not real, not, you know, fake reality TV shows, those mob shows, mob wives and mob this and mob that and all of that stuff. Um, she real mob wives of Gucci County. Exactly. So she was really excited about this because she likes Lady Gaga. And uh, so we went to see it, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, I want to see it. I just couldn't make it to the theater in time, but I'll definitely be renting it or something. Or I may go. I'm on vacation in a week. I may go up to Columbus and watch a whole day's worth of movies sometime. Yeah, I think it's been in production, like, or, or, you know, on a slate to be made for, like, years and years and years now. Um, ended up being directed by Ridley Scott and uh, had... He knows how to make a movie. Yeah, he knows how to make a movie. Had uh, had a really nice um, look to it. It it looked, to my eyes, it looked pretty authentic um, for the time period. It takes place between like 1978 and uh, into the, uh, most of it uh, into the mid-80s. And it's just about the Gucci family. It's about, um, uh, don't spoil it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Lady Gaga plays, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> it's, uh, Lady Gaga plays, uh, uh, Patricia 
And uh, Adam Dr- Driver plays uh, Maurizio Gucci. Gucci. And um, Driver is very smiley during the whole movie, um, but I liked him. My my wife said uh, she went into it thought going into it she thought Lady Gaga was going to be the real standout of the movie because um, that was kind of the talk. Oh, she's doing method acting. She spent eighteen months in character. Uh, uh, there was a lot of talk out there um, about her performance. There always is. And uh, Adam Driver, she she said she liked uh, Adam Driver. Uh, his acting better in this movie than than uh, Lady Gaga, but I thought Pacino was really great. Um, you know, it, it's obviously they're not these aren't Ita- I mean, they're not authentic from Italy actors. Um, they're doing accents and they're speaking English. Like they're all Mario, <laughs> right? <laughs> not not quite Mar not not quite on Mario's level, but. But um, but it, it just gives you the story about what happened to Gucci in the eighties and how they, <clears throat> you know, there was mismanagement in the company and there was a power struggle for control of the company and the direction they were going, and how that all turned out, um, and then how they ended up. Uh, not being any Gucci's in Gucci anymore. So, um, yeah, but it is like a spoiler. Nah, that's teen. You, if I think I most, don't know anything about it, you don't know anything the about the story. Nothing. No. Why would I know anything okay. about fucking Gucci's? You were alive during this yeah, period of time. I was big Gucci guy in the eighties. <laughs> you didn't have a Gucci belt in like fifth grade. Come on. Um, it went with his docking jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and there's some fun stuff in there. There's some good 80 sports cars, uh, you know, from European sports cars. And I really like the uh, cinematography uh, they did with this movie um, in, in different seasons and time periods and years. And uh, it's very fashionable, of course. But um thought it was good. Uh and and I don't have much else to say about that. The performances were really good. I thought, you know, it was written well enough, not the best, but but a solid movie. How about how the hmm? Waluigi do? Super <laughs> Morbius brother. So it's funny you brought that up because I didn't realize Jared Leto was in this movie until 45 minutes into the movie. I could not, I did not recognize him. Yeah, he had a lot of makeup on him, a lot of, a lot of stuff on him from yeah. what I see. Yeah, he he portrays uh, Paolo Gucci, and uh, which, you know, he he's bald and big and um, does not look like Morbius. That's for sure. So. Uh, he, but he was really good in it. He he is the he is the comedic effect um, of, of this picture. So I I thought he was really good. I really like Pacino in it, and I like him with Pacino. Um, there were a couple moments where they kind of had a back and forth. They play father and son, and uh, they had a back and forth that was pretty entertaining on several several points in the movie. So. Um, first thing I've seen Pacino in in a while that I really thought he stood out. 
you know, he was in, um, even in that, uh, what was that Amazon feature about the Nazi? I didn't watch it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't watch it. And he just seemed very over the top in that one. And I just did not care, care much for him, um, in, in that one, like I did, uh, this role. So, but we had a good time, uh, went down, saw it, saw it at, this was the, the one we saw, um, before Spider-Man and, uh, and we, we were both pretty happy with it. I was surprisingly happy with it. My wife really liked it. Um, so I'm sure we'll, as soon as it comes out on HBO or whatever, it'll be a frequent watch again for her. So it's good. Enough. Yeah. I watch West Side Story. First time in New York City. I want to be happy here. I want to make a life at home. Are you ready? Tonight is about family. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. I never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? You know, I wake up to everything I know either getting sold or wrecked or being taken over by people that I don't like. You keep away from him as long as you're in my house. I'm a grown-up now, Bernardo. I'm going to think for myself. Tony, we need you if we're going to war. Who are you? Friend or foe? The Steven Spielberg yeah. remake. Yeah. Always reminds me of my favorite office moment where <laughs> Jim instigates yeah. the fight and then he snaps his fingers fight. in the background. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, I was a little disappointed. Hmm. My question was what? Why? Yeah, that's why I said It felt very traditional. Yeah. Like they didn't try to change a lot of stuff or update it. So, like, why, you know, a very classic, beloved, award winning movie. What did you need to fix about it? What did you need to modernize? Well, they fixed Besides the uh, casting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was it. They fixed the casting. The people that played, you know, Tony and Maria actually sang their parts. And weren't dubbed, you know. So mm-hmm. that's different. I mean, the dance sequ- sequences were great. Everything was great. I don't. It's not a bad movie, but I like the original. Mm-hmm. You know, even it's got problems, but still, it's a classic movie for a reason. It's a good movie, and and I didn't like this any better. It's- you know, honestly, honestly, my major problem was if you it. This happens sometimes, by the way. Sometimes the trailer is so good you cannot live up to it. Yeah. And the first West Side Story trailer is too good. 
they take little moments from this movie, like the the guys, uh, Riff, the guy who plays Riff in this. I don't know his name, but he's really good. And uh, what the like leader of the Jets, basically, and they go scrambling up this like scrap pile or something in the trailer and and just the music and the the trailer is cut really tense filled like you friend or foe you know they said just do doing all this really building up this thing and the movie is like you know it's like happy go lucky nancy sequences i mean yeah it's a dark movie it's a dark story but it never lives up to that tense trailer. You know, it's, it's not that pacing. So it's still, it's good though, but. Do you think that Spielberg, you know, if he was going to do a musical, he would have been better off to do something different or just something, something original, original better. Yeah. He he may not have that in him. This may be what all he had. He, Mm -hmm. what he did, he changed. There was a lot of things changed and like, I know he had to have seen the result. Like, here's all the things I could do to improve it. And he did all those things. He changed where certain scenes happened, Mm -hmm. the order of when things happened, you know, certain things he, you know, fixed and, you know, er dink, dink fixed, you know. And, you know, there are some (laughs) cool moments. Rita Moreno is in it. playing a character that you know just like substituting her character for a different character from the original and uh she has a really good moment towards the end and the the girl that plays her did you watch Megadoon? no okay there's a girl in that now that's a very singy dancey thing a girl in that that plays Rita Moreno's character, Anita or something, I think mm-hmm. is her name, mm-hmm. uh, who's great. She's really great in this. These people are super talented. The guy that plays Bernardo, maybe. I can't remember all their names, but really good character from the first one. It's like leader of the Sharks, maybe. And and he's the guy. And this is great. I mean, all the pieces are good, except for I don't really like Ansel Elgort. He's like a a thumb playing Tony. Like Tony wasn't good in the first one and he's not good in this one. Mm-hmm. He can sing, mm-hmm. you know, but he's just, I don't, I don't, I never felt that he was, a, they try to play him up like he's fresh out of jail and he's a dangerous guy. And Ansel Elgort is like the softest guy, acting guy there is, you know, so I didn't fall for that. The girl play Marie was good, but. All of that was good, but it wasn't any better than the original, as far as I'm concerned. And I still, I still, I've preached before when I saw West Side Story for the first time a few years ago that the guy that played Riff, I, I think was just like, I was just so impressed by his athletics. Like, mm-hmm. just he could have been a real Captain America flipping around in the streets doing stuff like, it's amazing to me that people can do these things, you know? Yeah. So, and, and there's, they have people in this movie that can do all, all these things too, but uh, it just, it isn't any better. I was disappointed, but yeah. I could see you lo- loving it. It definitely go- leans more to that in the Heights feel as far as like where yeah. they would do, where they would, where 
I mean, these are some classic songs in America. Yeah, where they did that in a in a nothing setting in the original, like a warehouse or something. In this movie, they're it's they're out in the streets, yeah, doing it, and it's like way more kind of colorful and things have you know epic yeah you know all the cultures dancing and everything but they uh what other so oh i for i forgot some of what the so- classic songs are really like the i feel pretty yeah. you know <laughs> i mean the top timing when that happens in the movie is so awkward and weird like i can't believe hmm. you know the movie's dark like hmm. it's a dark movie when you well, really think what happened but i don't remember on. if it was last year on a movie preview episode we did or if it was honestly the year before that and that all this got postponed i i don't remember if it was 2021 january 2021 or 2020 what? whatever but i remember the anticipation when we were talking about these movies you know in the heights coming out uh, and, and then West Side Story and what was going to be better, what was going to be the hit, what was going to flop. And, it, you know, just with some similarities in, in uh, you know, ethnicity of, of the two movies, the stories. And In the Heights coming out first, I'm sure, stole a little bit of, a, of the thunder there because, you know, it had the star power of Lin-Manuel Miranda behind it and then just being the first one out the gate and you know, I love that movie. Um, it was, you know, it was his, of course, his first big hit on Broadway, but, uh, you know, it's also more modern and fresher, um, compared to this. And like I said, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll wait till this comes out on HBO and, and watch it probably several times and, and love it. But I just wasn't as excited about Spielberg's, West Side Story coming out as I was in the Heights. And then, you know, also just coming off a of tick, tick boom on Netflix and, and loving that. I, I feel like I'm, I might be a little, my, my musical uh, container might be a little full at the moment. <laughs> mm. so. It, I, I feel like, I mean, I liked it, but everybody else is pretty high on it. Like yeah, it's I've getting rave really reviews. Good. Yeah. It's doing terrible in the box office, mm-hmm. but, but it's, it, I think all that the reviews was almost are great. Ex- expected. I don't think so. They spent a hundred million dollars on it and it didn't even make 10 but worldwide. I, yeah. Or the, yeah. In the first weekend. I yeah, just so. don't see, I don't see that many average people rushing to the theater. They might love it when they watch it later on, like me. But I just don't see that many people rushing out to the theater, especially you know right now, to see this movie. I don't know. I might. They, but they, the but, previous but, versions of Riff and all these people showed up and yeah. they all teamed up together. Right. Yeah. That's right. just it. Like they. But you. I agree. It's it's. I I would blame some of it on the pandemic, but Steven Spielberg's a pretty sure thing usually. Yeah. And especially being, we know this is probably going to be one of his last movies that he makes. That I mean, wow. and, and the, don't Steven Spielberg is not liking your take. You know um, something we don't. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, the the guy's not going to live Steven forever. Spielberg? I feel like that is a threat. Listen <laughs> no. up, Spielberg. He doesn't. Hey, this is movie. it. 
No, it's not. This is it. I was just saying it's probably going to be in the, in his scale movies. We're a lot closer to the to the end than we wow. were at the beginning. I mean, George wow. Lucas is You're about digging a hole. In George there. Lucas is about the same age, and he's been retired for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I just. He's got he, Steven Spielberg would have to fail ten times before they wouldn't let him make another movie. So no, I'm, I'm not sure he'll be not fine. Make him. I'm just saying. No, I'm so, I'm I'm saying that. Yeah, I'm saying that he will. He will still have the money to make some. So I don't think he's too worried about it. If he just lives long enough to make something else. I'm sure he's allowed. Let's Poor guy. So Let's death, hope he's man. okay. I wasn't worried before. Is he trending now? He's probably trending now. Not not yet. Not enough people went to see the movie to be trending. <laughs> all right. Did you see something, Jordan? I spent all week watching Spider-Man movies. Oh, that's right. I watched old movies. I did. I watched one documentary just dropped on HBO about Sesame Street, mm. of all things. Can't go wrong there. Called Street Gang, colon, How We Got to Sesame Street. Through the colon. And it was just an interesting look. Which is how you get there. You stick your hand up uh, we get to the bottom. To Sesame Street. This was an experiment. Tag, you're it. No one had ever seen anything like it. I wanted to capture the family forum. Hi, Bert. <laughs> but I don't think any of us sat there thinking... Oh my God, we're changing the world. Joan had a brilliantly simple notion. Children were watching a tremendous amount of television. So why not see if it could educate them? I love the whole idea of taking commercial techniques and applying them to a show for kids. I was convinced that it would be impossible to do. Jim Henson, Frank Oz. If they were on, you had a good day. We're the best of friends. Yes. How many lines do you have? Three. Three. <laughs> well, try to get the first one better. I had become intellectually and spiritually involved with the civil rights movement. Those were revolutionary times. I saw it as a political show. There's no question that we're integrated. That's our worst sin. I'm happy to be a sinner. Beautiful children will grow up. And make the whole world beautiful. Right on. To be on the set watching this dynamic, it was magic. Uh, I, I don't know what train of thought I had, but it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, interesting story about, you know, I don't know anything about the, you know, the producers of Sesame Street and how they, how they got the funding and all that stuff. So it was an interesting story. You haven't seen this, um, Cliff? I, I don't. Is it new? Has it been? Yeah, out? it's only. It, well, it it came out six months ago or something, oh. and then and then Nick and I rented it, and then now it's on HBO. I'm right? not. That's honestly, where it's I'm at. not sure. I I don't remember if I've seen it or not. <laughs> this seems right up your alley. Yeah, yeah, and I've your watched street. some Sesame Sesame Street documentaries in the last several months. So I'm not sure if this is. I've, I don't I've think seen you've this seen one. this. You 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 would have had to have rented it to have seen it. Okay, then probably it not, just no. came out on HBO. Yeah. Hmm. 
So just a, a great amount of behind-the-scenes footage of them going over scripts and you know practicing and looking in the monitors. I, I always find that fascinating of you know the, the Jim Henson and his crew mm-hmm. with the headbands on and the microphones and like watching the monitor. Like it's it's a fascinating thing to see the Muppets being created. How but Carol Spinney ever did that in that suit with an arm up here and a TV down here? And... So I was thinking he must have had like biceps like crazy oh. <laughs> lifting that bird head yeah. his, his whole life. But yeah, a, a lot of stuff at the beginning of just how you know they had to invent this. This didn't exist. Educational kit, you know, it was Captain Kangaroo and you know there was kids TV. But they say it's, it was all a commercial enterprise brought to you by Texaco or what, you know, whatever they were trying to sell. And they said, what if we were trying to sell the alphabet? <laughs> what if we were doing it not to sell stuff to kids, but to educate them? And, the, and there are people like TV is nothing. It's not a it's not a medium for education. And it was like some people who believe, no, I think we could do good. I think we could, you know, these kids who spend all day in front of the TV and don't have a lot of outlets or aren't, you know, Maybe don't even see a book till they get to kindergarten. We could help to 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 to, to you know give them a head start in this stuff. And, and there were doubters, and they had to go and prove themselves. And and between all these educators coming together with TV people who are very visionary, and then you throw Jim Henson into the mix and 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 add the that that magic element of the Muppets and just yeah. made it something unbelievable that's lasted for generations. What was that lady's name? Um, it's coming back to me like you're talking about that or that i don't know remember the name, but there was some lady involved that yeah you know, she was like very integral to making it happen and i i was it was neat hearing about all that like you like you're saying like this boy it really heartens you like there are people out there is there anybody out there today that's any good like <laughs> like that that's just like what a the fact that they were able to do that and everybody agreed to, you know, to it, like, this is a good idea. And it happened and it was a, you know, yeah. it was just a totally pure experience it was amazing. Like, yeah, that was a, you know, that's a fascinating point in time. And, you know, Sesame Street certainly led the way, but just, you know, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, that whole PBS educational for kids movement at that time. I mean, really changed. I mean, that shaped, a, you know, a lot of how we are. And it continues yeah. today. I mean, just, you know, in the last couple... I wouldn't of, know my ABCs today if it wasn't. <laughs> but in the last couple of months, um, the the original Steve from, from Blue's Clues that we haven't seen for a couple, what feels like a couple decades, putting just putting a simple little TikTok video out there and it spread like wildfire just of like, Hey, I'm really sorry. You know, that I, that I left and, and that I've always been here for you and seeing like these grown adults just ap- absolutely losing it over it. And then he pops up in the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade with the other guys. And people are just like, this is the, this is the, the best thing I've seen all year. <laughs> it's just just little this things when a, you're when you're a little kid that that stick with you and influence you. It's amazing. Blues Clues-a-verse just all collapsed at once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, t- TV is so powerful, especially at that age where it feels real to you. Like it shows those little kids 
interacting with the Muppets. Like, this counts to ten. And they said they didn't look down and see the puppeteer. They were talking mm-hmm. to Grover. Like, it was real for them. And also, at this point in 1969, being very quietly revolutionary of, like, it was the first integrated cast yeah. on TV, basically. And, like, they, but they never talked about it. It wasn't, like, we're all equals here. They just were. They all hung out together. They were all friends. Everybody was special. And it was, These are the people in your neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another office reference of, was Dwight called the show about the puppets and the barrio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent, excellent documentary with some terrific footage, that the kind of footage I love to see, that, that original grainy behind-the-scenes stuff. I couldn't help but feel a little down of like everyone talking about this show and what it meant to them and it brought joy and it educated and it taught us all this stuff. I'm like, how many generations have grown up on the show and we're all still kind of awful. Like it didn't did the show like would we have been worse as a country without this or would we, you know, I don't know. Did Sesame Street really, really, uh, I don't know. That's, that's a great I thought mean, around the holidays. I think you can talk. I mean, from from people of our age, that that were little kids in the '80s that watched Sesame Street and cartoon shows, you know, uh, GI Joe, and and the the PSA announcements at the end of every episode of Masters of the Universe, like it's such a weird thing. But for a generation that was Gen X, us that were left to themselves. Tons of us have our morals were developed by these, you know, two minute little, little things that we, you know, we kid about, we make jokes about now, but it's like, if, if ever thank Ronald Reagan for deregulating, you know, children's cartoons and and making them. And then these groups that made them put these little, these little morality tales and, and infomercials at the ends of them for us having better morals. God knows where we'd be without them. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> if anything, you know, uh, he may not have done anything else right, but but by accident, uh, at least for me, that certainly shaped a lot of probably who I am today. Yeah, I don't want to go to the dimension where there was never a Sesame Street and see how the, how those <laughs> kids turned out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that it for the movies that's all it's worth mentioning alrighty then well we also enjoy television duh what in the good lord is going on nothing I'm just some fellas I play car pranks with the worst thing about prison was the was the dementors nobody exists on purpose Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. There are no strings on me. So if you want to make more money and uh, keep the money that you make, better call Saul. He looks like a panda and a Disney princess had a baby. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Randall! Okay, stay in your room. First, I thought you and the others were gods. And I realized you're just men. And I know men. You guys, look at my dirty girl. 
Roll on snare drum. Curtain. Good joke. Segway, segway. What have you been watching that isn't a Christmas special lately? Okay, I got one for you. Okay. Am I the I know I'm the only one that watched it, but the show that was made for me, ABC Live. Oh yeah. Facts of life and different strokes. Mm-hmm. We're moving on up. You guys did not watch this. Did I did. you guys watch any of them? You did watch. I it. did watch it. Yes. yes. They they have finally hit. You know, the first two times they did. What did they do? They did good times. They did. Well, they did. You, they did. You all, were just waiting for the bicycle man to show up. I I was yeah. waiting on the bicycle, and he. And I had I had I. I must have randomly watched a different Strokes episode in the last few years, and it was the episode that they <laughs> did. <laughs> So I could totally picture all the things that were yeah. happening, but the, um, yeah, they they had done all in the family and right Jeffersons, and they'd done all in the family and Good Times, right? And those were all and, shows that I remembered being reruns by the time I watched them. So right. this was the the first opportunity of Facts of Life and Different Strokes were shows I watched, right? So they start, of course. Norman Lear's still alive. Dropping F-bombs. Yeah, he's, he drops an F-bomb right away. And <laughs> he's like 90, 90, not, yeah, he's, like, he's, he's really old. Um, but anyway, it was phenomenal. Like the, the cast they had, like, I, you know, what's amazing is the fact is Lisa Welchel, like, <laughs> They, they they start with facts of life and she comes out and sings the theme song in uniform and looks she's in her in her school u- uniform yeah. from back in the day to god she looks exactly the same yeah it's kind of crazy but i mean i'm sure if we, I, I we didn't have the comparison but that's it's pretty impressive like she, her hair was like still long and colored blonde but you know she looked amazing and she sang the song perfectly fine yeah she sang it great and it, she was on survivor a few years several years ago five or ten years ago I, she's on some reality show about uh collectibles yeah hmm. so i've seen her recently it's like people go into pre-use collectibles or something yeah. so i've seen i've i know what she looks like modern days so yeah so i was kind of disappointed when i realized she wasn't just gonna play blair me too i thought yeah man, i think I mean, she was a, replace her it would have been she... better just to have her play her blair than Jennifer Aniston played Blair, right? Which was I was like, no, just let her do it. She's she, yeah. I don't know. It was funny, but anyway, the it, the 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 one that had slipped into the role the best was uh, 
Catherine Hahn as Joe. She was, you know, her hair was, she had her hair done exactly like Joe that like pulled up at the sides and yeah. then the ponytail, you know, that, and, uh, and dowd as Miss Garrett. She, <laughs> she, she got to be in both shows. Yeah. She was also the housekeeper for the Drummonds. She was perfect. Uh, everybody came back to, uh, what, uh, the girl played Natalie and then, um, yeah, Lisa Cohn and uh, uh, Hootie. Hootie. I can't her think name of was. yeah, I can't think of her Kim name. Fields Kim or something. Fields. Was that her name? Yeah. Anyway, she they came back, but who? Yeah, Joe, Nancy McKeon, I think she didn't come back. I'm sure mm-hmm. she just like said nah. But uh, anyway, they they were all great. Uh, Gra- Gabrielle Union played Tootie. No roller skates though. No roller skates, or she probably died. Uh, they, it was like a um, what? What do, you, what do you call that? Where it's like you, it was like an auction. You were the girls made a lunch, yeah, a box, a lunch. dinner box. It's to, yeah, it's supposed to be a mystery. You bid on the box, and you get a date. These like the boys bid, bid on the boxes and get it. They get a date with whichever one they, and it goes to charity, and they, yeah. And but they know who's they're supposed to be bidding on, you know. You let them know who you want to bid on, you know. That's the whole story. Yeah, it's got Jason, Jason Bateman, yeah. John Stewart, and um, the guy from Lego oh. Masters. Yeah, what's his name? Whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> Anyways, but they were all the the entire faction. Will Arnett. Will, Will Arnett. Arnett. Yeah, he's like supposed to be the stud and and jason bateman's like the you know he's the sidekick guy yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and then john stewart plays carl and you know the nerd he's got headgear you know the yeah the retainer full. thing or the thing around his head and stuff but anyway it was fine it was a fine episode but it's just fun to watch these old people playing teenagers, teenagers. and they were having ridiculous. fun too yeah but then the Next episode was different strokes, <laughs> and of course Kevin Hart is playing Arnold, Gary Coleman, you know Arnold, and it's the episode where he's play he's super Arnold, and he's dressed up in his super costume with the cape. go what you talking about willis <laughs> and uh john that lithgow. was great john lithgow played, played mr. mr drummond yeah. and out again and the daughter was wasn't on there which makes sense that they would 
she wasn't, was she? No, yeah, they, there was no. They Dana picked an episode, which makes sense. They pick an episode she wasn't on. Yeah, you know, for obvious reasons, but the, but it was and Snoop Dogg played Vernon, the friend, and <laughs> that's why I like Jimmy Kimmel made the joke afterwards. He's like, it's like I feel like if I thought anyone was going to drop the f bomb, it was going to be Snoop Dogg, but no, it was Norman Lear. Yeah, you know, so uh, I anyway, thought. I thought Kevin Hart worse. was great when he rolled across the bed. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I just seen that episode, and I could see Gary Coleman roll across the bed in his cape. Yeah, something does that. He was so good. At he was world. like, like he was made to make fun of himself in yeah. that way. Like that was good. And Damon Wayans was a was really good. I had not seen him in a long time, and he looked exactly the same. <laughs> like I see his son. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I I hadn't seen him in forever, and he was great. And what was really like, and John Lithgow was great and everything, but the, what was really neat was afterward, was it afterwards or before that Todd Bridges came out? He was on the beginning. Yeah, Todd Bridges was. Yeah, oh, and Boys to Men sang the theme song. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, Lisa Welchel sang the Facts of Life, but then Boys to Men came out and sang different strokes which is yeah. cool and then yeah when todd came out and you realize he was the only that was sad. he was it yeah he's, he's the, the only, only one alive yeah and that that was that was i that had not crossed my mind until he came out there and that, that was pretty sad because they had more people for the facts of life but uh that would be a that's a hot can you imagine being him you know just thinking about that the fact that you're the last one alive it's, it's like yeah. ugh. Yeah, but it was good. I hope they keep doing these. Me like, too. I really it's, enjoyed uh, it's this. It's fun one. for everybody doing it. It's fun for the fans. You know, that grew yeah. up watching it, and it, it's just, I, I, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it. The whole thing is great. So that is, if you were, grew up watching those, that's a really a must see. That's must see TV, people. Ah. Uh, what NBC, else are we watching? NBC uh, dropped some of their sitcoms uh, just this week before Christmas, like Young Rock and uh, Mr. Mayor, like some of the sitcoms they premiered last year. They've started a second season, and they teased the new one coming out called American Auto, which is the new show from mm. Justin Spitzer, who did Superstore. Mm. So the creator of Superstore's new show is about a, a car company. And the first, it, apparently it premieres in January, but NBC aired the first two, and the first two are free on Peacock. Like, I guess to get, just let people sample it before the show officially premieres. But it's a, uh, it was decent. I, I gave it a shot because of the Superstore pedigree to see what, what more they could do. Uh, it's, like, it's another workplace ensemble. It stars uh, Anna Gasteyer from Saturday Night Live as the new CEO of this company who comes from the pharmaceutical industry and knows nothing about cars, but she's a very ruthless CEO who's going to you know, whip this place into shape. And the only other person I knew was John Barinholtz from Superstore, played the, the maintenance guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, but um, he's some, one of the executives there or whatever. But it had a similar tone. Uh, the first episode was about a, a self-driving car they were about to, to announce. And they're running it through the paces 
and it it hit a black guy and they realized the sensors couldn't pick up darker skin <laughs> so they re- they 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 create a racist car <laughs> they're like we can't we can't put this out of the market <laughs> and then the second episode is about a serial killer who's doing a police chase in a white van and it's their brand of van mm. so they're like trying they're scrambling to like spin you know, serial killers drive our car. What do we do? But it, it so it, it had that kind of like my favorite scenes in Superstore were like the meetings, the morning meetings of them just zipping and like everyone talking over each other and quipping yeah. back and forth. And this had that same kind of thing sitting around the boardroom, just characters, you know, throwing out weird non sequiturs. And then uh, there's a scene they're they're going through the employee parking lot and like going through all the cars. And they open a door, and there's a kid in a car seat in the car. They're like, whoa, what? Why is there a kid? Here? And like that felt so superstore of like those weird little things in the background. So mm-hmm. like, again, it was it was it was decent. It it didn't uh, it didn't have a a great hook to to hook me in, but it had the, it had enough of a feeling like a show uh, that I really liked. That it may it might grow from there. The cast was decent, so I'll give it a few more shots and see if it it grows into something as good. Yeah, I, I might try to check that out. I've got some peacock going on for a month. I had to get it to watch a football game last month. <laughs> um, that sounds good. I uh, Pen15 came out with their second season and last season. It, it, so I burnt through that last week. It's a great show. It, you know. That's the one where the girls are grown up, but they're playing their middle school selves. And yeah. It's it's excellent. So that was good. Um, what well, I realized they're making they made a hard knock season that's in season, mm-hmm, the following Colts. the Colts, and that's we always get to see the preseason, and we never get to see you know what happens. And this is really really good i've only seen like three of the six episodes that have come out so far but i really like the coach of the colts i didn't know anything about him but he mm. was a, a quarterback for the bills back in the day and, yeah he was the best and, backup in the league yeah and like he's such a he's such a likable guy and and just a well i could see you wanting to play for him so mm. and they're doing really well mm-hmm. uh, you know that this at this point in the season you know kind of at least in the show, they were starting to pick up, get back into the season. And it's just a, you really get to like these guys, you know, and uh, Carson Wentz is yeah, their quarterback. Yeah. And just, he's very, you know, I mean, I knew a little bit about him, but there, again, you get to know these people so much better. In this yeah. Format, definitely this a story format. there with him because, you know, he was a, the big thing for a couple of years in Philadelphia got hurt and they just kind of tossed him to the side. He ends up in Indianapolis and, and has resurrected his career this year. And, uh, they're, you know, most likely playoff bound. So, yeah. Um, succession. I know we talked, we talked about this before, but the third season just ended this past week. And that show is just, it's a masterpiece like combination of these actors and these writers is just incredible you would hate it jordan because it is the exact opposite of your type of poor shows this is a bunch of the richie richiest people you'll you 
would just you would never be able to like any of them and you don't nobody likes them watching uh, yeah them. i assume you're not supposed to really not, love these yeah people. you don't yeah. like them but it's like they're just all really good actors do you know the writing is so good all the dialogue and they this third season they rarely do they lay breadcrumbs that you just can't put to the puzzle together and then it all reveals itself at the end like i was so impressed with that like they did things through this season that it just seemed i did not know what the point of some of it was i liked it it went with each episode the things they did but how it all played out and revealed itself at the end like with and they're all so good. Kieran Culkin is still so good. Brian Cox is so good. You know, just everybody, Sarah Snook and Jeremy, whatever his name is, I can't remember, but the he gets a lot of credit. Yeah, unless you really she really likes oh, that show. And it's uh, very, very good. And now the way it ended, it was just felt like going through the season, they were gonna end up building up to how almost like They'd run out of story and they were just kind of rehashing the second season. And then that was not was you you realize that wasn't what was happening. And now I can't wait to see what happens next season. Well, it'll probably be about a five. I think they said a five season show, but it's it's great. I love it. I I definitely got my fill of poor people. I watched Made took your recommendation on netflix terrific terrific show you look puzzled oh yeah yeah i i was thinking i thought you were talking to cliff so i was like what yeah, yeah this is uh andy mcdowell andy mcdowell and her, and her real life daughter margaret quali i knew i, I quali yeah. I, I knew i recognized her I'd seen her and stuff, but I, I, I remember I just watched The Leftovers not long ago. She's the daughter on The Leftovers from HBO. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, based, based on a 2019 memoir by Stephanie Land called Made, Hard Work, Low Pay, and a Mother's Will to Survive. And I just saw it today. It is already in the Netflix all-time top ten. It just came out this fall, and it's already like one of their top ten most watched wow. series on this, on the platform, so... Some, something has clicked with people I guess. in in today's world of struggling yeah. and uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But yeah, I definitely immediately clicked with this show as she is a wannabe writer who I, I identified with. I also, the last house I moved into had a mold problem that my landlord was like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And the day I watched it, I literally bought $6 in gas. And then that episode, she you know, the tally comes up on the thing showing how much yeah. it is in her account, and oh, she can't afford to put gas in her car. I was like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's how life works. I get it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I, you had talked before, like the it kind of shines a light on that myth of like, well, just get welfare and you'll be fine. Just mm. just mooch off the system, and it shows the hoops you have to jump through and the the wait lists and the forms and the, what you have to qualify for this and that. And it's like, this is not easy street. 
trying trying to get assistance and trying to get a hand up is is not what people think it is, uh, and it's it's harder than, than you know might be made out to be. But oh yeah, yeah, the stuff dealing with the uh, abuse was handled really well, and her that idea of her she doesn't see herself. You know, he doesn't hit her. It's more emotional abuse, and she's like, "I'm not a, re- I'm not abused. I, you know, I'm not a real victim. I don't want to take space from someone who's really abused, and it's having to like, except look, look inward, yeah. and you know, you know, admit like, you know, you are there's a problem here, and you got to fix it. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was a terrific drama. I, I think it's just one season, one thing, and done. I know, I know the Golden Globes announcement just came out. And I think several people from this show were nominated. So wow. I, I'll yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that sounds. I, I, I really enjoyed it too. Yeah, I, I, def, I got the impression also this is just one season, but who knows if that many people liked it, they'll have to force feed, feed us a <laughs> season. And um, there were some things that were a little bit, yeah, okay, over dramatized or whatever. Mm. But like, you know the the rich lady's house who like, Oh, she's all of a sudden going to help her. Cause she's a good person. It's like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Sure. Rich, rich people. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. You're like, hey, I don't buy this. <laughs> They're not helping. Rich them. people never help anybody. <laughs> and then the friend who keeps helping her. I'm like that through the whole thing. I'm like, this is textbook. That nice guy thing yeah. where like, Oh, you know, she falls for the dirt bag, but here's a real nice guy who who only wants her best interest. I'm like, that is like so toxic. That yeah. idea of like, if I'm just nice to her, she'll come with me, you know. Yeah. And and they eventually they play that out as a bad thing. But like, yeah. I, I was I was thinking there he was going to be the knight in shining armor who rescues her at the end, which is just not a good take. But right. I, right. I liked what they, even the nice guy, maybe isn't. Uh, ulterior motive but yeah yeah i thought everybody was terrific and the, and the little girl she was like two or three years old just a baby i felt like she had so much to do in this show of like stare over there and look sad like she, you know she mm-hmm. th- that little girl had a, pulled a lot of weight on this on, yeah on this they must have beat her a lot off screen <laughs> get her to do all that <laughs> but she can spit rhymes though when she laid into yeah. the salt and pepper uh, she's, it's like I've never heard a three-year-old who could that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah. Oh, Cliff's turning his lights on in there. Stacking purple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, speaking of purple, we should probably get to. Oh, one more Disney thing. Plus. Let me, let me one say more one more thing. Ah, yeah. segue ruined. Yeah, well, he got up. Uh, last thing, thing I I decided to watch a show that uh, I've been hearing something about the last couple of years, and everybody says it's good. I got Hulu back, so I thought I'd try out The Great. Oh yes, Catherine the Great. I knew. Uh, I, I was waiting for Cliff to sit down because there's no way he hadn't heard of this or you know. No, my yeah, my wife. Uh, that that's another show she loved. Um, watched immediately. It's good. Yeah, I'm. It's pretty. I'm crazy. only. I'm. I'm like eight episodes in. Uh, so I've got a whole second season to watch also, but it's really good. It's a like a 
mostly true or kind of some somewhat true. I forget what they say, and they're like, mm-hmm. some like some of this is even true, you know. Uh, but it's about Catherine the Great and marrying into you know Peter the Nothing, the son of Peter the Great <laughs> in Russian history. Uh, you know, he this short period of time actually, I kind of looked up how long it was only like six months or so it looks like that they were married Hmm. and and you know she comes in and her trying to change you know find her footing and you know change the way he's because he's very like uh very bad you know he's just a very very full of himself thinks he very obnoxious really and just and she comes in there and is trying to make some changes and and you know he's very influenced by whoever is talks to him at the moment you know that mm-hmm. kind of guy but it please play by nicholas holt and he does a great job he's funny it's a very it's a comedy really yeah, i guess yeah it's what it is a comedy but you definitely like to see the progression of the story of of where it's going historically to make her he's trying he's just his dad was Peter the Great. He wants to figure out what he is. He's Peter the something. He's constantly trying to come up with what he would be. And she's influencing him, kind of, you know, kind of trying to make him a better person, a better ruler, and seeing if that will take, you know. And somewhere we get to Catherine the Great, you know. Eventually she ran Russia, you know. Yeah. And so it's 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 oh, really good. El, El Fanning put plays yeah. Catherine and um i everybody was right they say it's a great show it is so i i recommend it it's funny and and just it's very uh it's not for kids it's very it's uh a lot of sex going on but uh it's a good show on hulu so a couple seasons out anyway we're gonna get to our latest last couple episodes we watched of Hawkeye on Disney Plus. I have made many mistakes, but I accept the debt I'm paying because of them. Prison has changed me. What is it you're saying? I want to make a deal. Kate is helping you with an Avengers level threat. He's my partner. It's kind of a stretch. I've got your next target. disclosure you have likely already seen episode six so we're sure the show is already over but as we record we have seen episode we've talked about episodes one through three and did a real nice deep dive it's now really we we oh it was it was lovely in our so own opinion it was really good <laughs> so we have watched episodes four and five but have not seen the finale yet and that because that's how time works. It's a linear thing. And we have not got you're you're ahead of us in the timeline. So we're not gonna maybe dwell too deep into this because we might be wrong about everything we talked about. So you at this point, you know more than we do about this show, but 
So we, we're going to just at least hit the high points of episodes four and five of Disney Plus's Hawkeye. Hmm. <laughs> Anybody, feel free. I don't remember um, where we left off. Yeah, I, the, basically the four, we the third episode was the car chase. The fourth episode, um, I believe we got into the Yelena showed up at the end oh, as a widow. Man. He just, you know, this... I, I like that they describe it as, you know, he just calls her a, a black widow. You're like, hmm. not the black widow. She's a black widow. You know, that's what he knows her as. And, and but he he knows who she is. He knows Natasha's sister. They're so yeah. close, but he doesn't know. He just knows she's a widow. He doesn't. I don't think he yeah, knows he doesn't his, his sister. Yeah. 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 But it's uh, it was it that was a good episode and and to me, I didn't. This is maybe just me, but I didn't see that coming. Because again, I don't. I don't. You didn't all this see stuff. her showing up in this. I, well, I it's my in my brain I knew she was, but that fight scene, I didn't know that was her until wow. the last second. Huh. I wasn't. Yeah. I don't. I didn't process all that stuff. I yeah. don't. You know, I don't think that deeply about. Oh, I had been waiting just because at the end of Black Widow, the Contessa yeah. is like, "Here, go get this guy." I was like, "Well, she's going to be in Hawkeye," and and mm-hmm. which I read yeah. today that was that was like handed down from Kevin Feige or whoever and the producers of Black Widow were told put a scene in there that mentions Hawkeye and they didn't give them any more information mm. so they they didn't really coordinate very well so may, the idea of like Contessa being a third part like it doesn't I don't know that it all <laughs> dovetailed perfectly all together right. but that's not their fault because they weren't given the information but yeah I, that that rooftop fight this assassin shows up and it's really dark. I can't. You can barely see what's going on. There's a lot of people fighting. I'm like, who is this part of the Maya's crew, or what's going on? And then there's a widow sting, and I was like, oh, it's uh! and that was obvious. But yeah, I <laughs> was, a... it was. It was nice. I was a nice surprise. Yeah, that's for good. Me I'm glad. Not... I wish I was you. Yeah. <laughs> Just some poor guy. Didn't even know what's going on. I'm just lost. <laughs> he was confused. he was that old man. She was she uh helped him with his groceries and he didn't know what oh, was going yeah. on. He probably really liked the mac and cheese scene. <laughs> <laughs> but she like yeah, I was like, don't waste that. <laughs> you can have that for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she like throws Kate off the roof, but you know, straps her like she's not gonna kill her or anything. She's trying, you know, not hurt her. And I I like that moment of him go to the edge of the roof, yeah, and you know, cutting her down. But it was very the reflection of him you know dropping black widow you know so it was just like him losing another partner he's worried about falling and then he's like get the hell out of here you know it's like i can't it it hit in that moment he's like this has gotten too dangerous you know i'm starting to feel like i'm going to lose another partner here and cuts her down wants her to leave which she of course doesn't um it's it was good, and then I don't even. I guess I can't remember what else happened that episode, but 
Well, this one, we learn that Jack Duquesne, as a CEO, is funneling mm. money for the tracksuits. This is, but, but I mean, again, as we go on, yeah. Uh, we said last episode, this guy is a total red herring. Yeah. Yeah. Is, he being, is he being set up? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, in the next episode, he is arrested, mm. and he says he's being framed. So right. I, I'm uh, inclined to believe him. I totally believe yeah, probably by his wife. Yes, is yeah. what we're guessing. Which you know, you've seen the episode. We uh, still don't know what the watch is for that he keeps trying to get the watch. Yeah, back. that's ex- that's exciting. We don't know that they yeah. do. People listening know that, but right. we don't. We don't. So know yeah, that. in this episode, the watch is in Maya's apartment, and we learn it belonged to someone out of the game, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. And I think so I messaged something you. that will give away an identity or. It's going to it's going to hurt someone if this gets out there. Who yeah. is tangentially event, related to the Avengers? Yeah, and he so, was like uh, calling his wife, you know, Linda Carlini, and I was just like, "Is she supposed to be Mockingbird?" Like, yeah. because which is total galaxy brain, not true, but uh, but it could be, could be like maybe think like, does this watch say something about her? She's whoever this is is out of the game. Like they could totally like we just watched. You know, No Way Home and WandaVision and all these things that recontextualize these old movies. Like, they could totally recontextualize her and say that she used to be something, you know? That, well, this show has made her much more... Because the movies have... She's just a wife, and she's yeah. just the home he needs to get back to. She's not really a character. But the conversations they've had, I said she feels more like the man in the chair. She's, yeah, like, giving him info... So she feels involved. Right. She Well, this whole series, she has, he'd call her for information and she's got, mm-hmm. he, she's got the information like immediately before he yeah. gets to the bottom of the stairs. Like, oh, it's this. So yeah, yeah. she is a former shield agent or something yeah. who has retired I guarantee and, and raised your kids like, and the watch. Cause that's, he is so his, I, I had forgotten this till I read it in a comment section. The Avengers didn't even know Clint had a family, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Like he kept them yeah. secret, even from his own team. He didn't want anyone to know. Now him, everybody so. knows. Now they yeah. know. They know. Now it's, you know, they're found out. So that's exciting. And uh, how did so, it? Yeah. So episode four. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, we learned. We learned the story about how Clint met Natasha. How he was sent to kill her, and saw something in her that maybe she could be you know more than the she she was more than the russian assassin they thought Mm. she was which i believe is straight out of the comics like early early clint had like fallen in love with a russian spy and that's why he became a villain or something i I believe that's i believe that's the comic origin um he has the talk about he's not a hero that he's a weapon he's not trained to help people he's trained to hunt people and that's him that's his psychology of like he, he doesn't feel like one of these superheroes and then uh, he confronts Maya's second in command, Kazi, and kind of tells her, you know, this this need she has for vengeance is dangerous. Don't let her do this. And he's trying to de-escalate the situation. He doesn't want it to come down to a fight, but obviously it does. And we had the LARPers return. Yeah. And she, with her nice embroidered bag, <laughs> help, help uh, gather up his trick arrows, got them all. That's out of a, that's a character though, right? She's that's a that's an Easter egg. Yeah, it's some very obscure character. Yeah, 
It said bombshell. Bombshell. Yeah, she bombshell. she was bombshell. Yeah. Um, and they hint that they're going to make them new costumes. The LARPers are going to help them uh, deck them out with new costumes. Yeah. And we had the line of dialogue straight from the comics: "Boomerang arrows, they come back." Yeah. Yeah, it was a. That was just for us, those comic book readers. Yeah. Uh, so that was episode four. Ends with the fight. Episode five begins in 2018 with Yelena rescuing the widows and going on those missions to try to stop the brainwashing. Mm-hmm. And we get the snap. So this good. Is the, this is the first time we've seen someone yeah. snap and come back. Yeah, that was what that looks a, like. A few questions. Yeah. 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 Watching the bathroom decor change around her, <laughs> and then she walks back, walks out, and I like that. Like, she comes out. Like, well, first off, I like that they went. She went to go save that girl, and she wasn't hypnotized or whatever. She was. She just liked being a yuppie or whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was funny. And then uh, she comes out, and she's got an adopted, kid, you know, a kid of a different race, you know. There, so. She, Right, because you know, she can't have kids. Right. They were ster- sterilized, you know, and that, and she, uh, you know, is like, tell, try and tell her, you know, how, I don't know, you know, she can get out of the business or whatever, or, or get get in the business. She's like that girl's like just kills people, you know. She's just contracted and things, and uh, anyway, she's like uh, Yelena's just like, well, I got to find my sister. She probably misses me, and you're like. So did she find out immediately? Did that girl already know? You know, like I assume she wouldn't have known in that moment if that's when everybody came back that Black Widow was dead. But shortly thereafter, she would have found out that her sister was dead, and you know, blame Clint. She already would have been mad at Clint, probably. I don't know. I can't. I haven't thought too hard about all that, but. <laughs> So this episode felt, and again, this was, there's only one hour to go for us. And it feels like there's so much still to deal with. And this episode especially felt like it was going either hinting or skirting things we already either know aren't true or stuff we already know is, you know, like, you know, we know Elaine's going to learn the truth and we know, like we know what has to happen. And it just felt like it was, it felt kind of dragging it out. Like it needs to get to the end point. I don't know. I, I don't know if we know what, that, what, what is the truth is not the truth. What there's she's saying. And he's saying, aren't they telling the truth? That scene with the Mac and cheese where she sits there and calls her Kate Bishop a million times. (laughs) And is a great scene. I could have watched it all day. Yeah. Florence, I preached Florence few few years ago. I was like, she is going to be something. Just like I thought when I saw Adam Driver on Girls, and he said, "Good soup," you know, <laughs> when he did all, all that. Now he was just the most awkward, weird acting guy. I was like, this guy is the star of the show, and he's barely in it. And she she has elevated this role, like just the way she. She brings so much to that character. And when she's set, sitting there and she's like, it, it was kind of funny. She's calling her by her full name and she points that out. Are you just trying to let me know? You know my name? She, yes. 
you know, but the way she's like, yes, I, I am. I know everything about I, that is why I'm doing that, you know, to intimidate you. And, but just her, her laughing off, like you, her being able to hurt her or, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you're going to beat me with it. Right. It's like, I hope that builds up, you know, you feel like that's going to build up to some sort of fight between them, but, but also the seriousness, you know, the humor mixed with the seriousness of saying, you don't know this guy. And she's like, well, they're both trying to explain to the other one that you don't know him. Like I know him. And it's like, well, maybe you're both right. Yeah, they're both right. Yeah. You know, he is a, a weapon. He is a killer. And, and if in retrospect, it's not as complicated as I made it into. And he really is killing all these minorities. He is really this guy that just, just gets to pretend he's like, Oh, I'm a bad guy. And I go kill people for hire because I have all this, you know, I'm just a, a weapon, you know, it's like, then you are a bad guy. And, and I agree with both of these people. You have a nice side, but you did some bad shit, you know? So I don't know that Yelena isn't what's she going to discover that doesn't, doesn't make him still a bad guy. She's what, a bad guy. What does, uh, what does Zangief say in Wreck-It Ralph? Uh, I'm bad guy. Bad I'm bad guy, guy, but not, but bad, not guy. bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this one had uh, Clint walking, sad Clint walking to uh, Char- the Charlie Brown Christmas music. I thought yeah. that felt just like the meme of George Michael and Arrested Development, like walking his head down, like very yeah. sad Charlie Brown walk. Um. Also, I had great uh, tracksuit comments about who who are some icons in the tracksuit world, like Run DMC, Tony <laughs> Soprano, and the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, we referenced something about an overhaul of Statue of Liberty, which where would that pay off? Who knows? Um, yeah, and then. I thought it was a good scene where he stops at the plaque commemorating the Battle of New York, and you think he's like, "Yeah, that was really just just saying a little prayer or whatever to Nat," but like, but he's apologizing to her. He's like, he's about to do, <laughs> he's yeah. about to do something. He needs to apologize for. I think. Yeah, it's like she and his wife tells him, you know, I, you know, if you got to go kill people, go kill people. I'm not judging you. <laughs> You know, I know you're going to do what you got to do. It's like, he's like, you know, in this instance, he is uh, justifying it by because they have found out where his family is. And he's like, you know, I've got to go take care of these people because otherwise, because my family is in danger. It's like, okay. But I, you know, I like, there are, I, you like that kind of, you know, street level character that will go kill if it is necessary you know, in this situation, it's like, and it seems to, he seems to be comfortable with it, but he does like at some, that one moment he like give, he just kind of, they show this little snippet where he like hands her an arrow almost like, is that like a shadow of your Hawkeye now? I'm this killer with the sword, you know, or maybe it was just giving her a boomerang. arrow. It comes back. (laughs) So at some point somebody says it's a matter of time before the big guy gets involved, setting up what we know is coming. And his wife's like, "Oh my gosh, no way!" 
<laughs> you know, just, just like you would, I hope not. You know, just like that, that's the worst thing ever. It was like, wasn't Thanos like a thing recently? You know, it's like, he's a pretty big guy. I was like, are we worried about this fat guy? That, yeah, the scene in the, in the, in the car lot, it was like fat guys' cars or something yeah. on the sign. Yep. So we learn it was Maya's boss who wanted her dad dead. And he was tipped off by an informant who, I don't know if we were supposed to guess it was this Kaz guy or. Yeah. It was, That's how know, I took it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Looks like the bad guys are going to be this Kaz and the mob, you know. Yeah. So he so he wanted to take over the mob or something and you know basically worked it so you know my this is Maya's friend and confidant but he has betrayed her and obviously her bo- you know if, if her boss is Gangpen mm-hmm. you know, he is he's ultimately responsible for her dad dying and not you know maybe Clint pulled the trigger but you know these these two people in her life actually aimed it so she's she's gonna learn that pretty soon, and uh, so we learn at the very end that Yelena was hired by Eleanor, Kate's mom. Which I don't know that that contradicts the end of Black Widow with with you know that this right, is right. it's a professional hit. It's not a mission of vengeance. Like she's being hired by someone mm. to to do something she already wanted to do, which yeah, I weird. wasn't wasn't quite clear to me which yeah i don't know there. i don't know <laughs> that seems yeah it doesn't seem make sense but we learned that with a little blurry picture on a phone of her and the kingpin vincent d'onofrio officially back in well they totally should never have had any fat fingers in the one episode or in any fat guy sign they should have never foreshadowed anything and that would have been a cool moment. Like, instead, we got fanboys losing their minds for six weeks. Like, when's he gonna show up? When's he gonna show yeah. up? When's he gonna show up? When's he gonna show up? Well, he's not. If he's in this, he's gonna be barely in it. He's gonna be in the all echo the way thing. at the end. Yeah, yeah, he'll be in the Echo series, you know, or something. You know, he's, this was never gonna be a Kingpin show. And it's but like, if you watch the credits, uh, it was you're a mean one, Mister Grinch. Yeah, yeah credits. Yeah. And then after his name was in the credits, and then at the end, there's it's all animated, and at the end, it shows the two Hawkeyes on the building, and it pans up, and there's a shadow, there's a silhouette yeah. of the Kingpin, a, sh- a shadow over the two Hawkeyes. So they, they change the credits to to further <laughs> right, right. bring the Kingpin into it. Yeah, that's cool. I love I I love them bringing him in. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, people, I mean, it hasn't been long enough that we've forgotten you know that the performance he gave in in daredevil and you know and that that they brought you know are bringing in to this universe so they'll use what they want to use kevin took the best stuff people he wants and he'll yeah he'll if he doesn't like one of them he'll get somebody else to play him if he brings somebody else and i'm already hearing Ooh, I bet Jessica Jones shows up in She-Hulk, and I bet they can use Luke Cage in it. So, like, I, 
this no. will either open the floodgates or it's, it's this thing and that's it. I think it'll be, um, I agree. I think it'll be him plucking what he liked yeah. out of it and taking it and leaving what he didn't like. That's yeah. just he's what, not that attached to what Jeff Loeb did. Right. You know, he's going to just pick what he wants. What Disney did with Star Wars, you know, immediately. Oh, everything is legends that was expanded universe. And then we'll very slowly pick out what we want to use and bring it back into the fold and leave Which, everything I mean, else wh- out. Isn't that what comics have done for hundred yeah. years? Yeah. Just you know, the storylines that work, that's what's real continuity. And then yep. eh, if it didn't work, just let it go. It's, it, it's out there somewhere. Yeah. It's so good. That's, good that's show. where we are. We we, and you, you in the future, you've already gone. seen that last episode and you don't, you don't get, we have it. We You're so lucky. No, they 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 don't get uh, they don't have any episodes left. We still have one. <laughs> We're the lucky ones. I can't wait. I have really enjoyed this show. I I, yeah. I hope it pays off. Um, I don't feel like it's going to answer every question and, and and nail every plot thread down because there's still a lot of, of balls in the air. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. Good stuff. All right. We're we're embarrassment of riches here. Indeed. So happy new year, everybody. We are headed to 2022. And we got more fun in store as the year continues. And we will see you soon. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. Seth, bye forever. And then there's a widow sting, and I was like, oh it's uh, it's Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.